This is The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. They're running a strange program, y'all. Now, here's Frank Morano. side of midnight. I am Frank Morano. Well, uh, I am nothing if not honest with you. Most of the time, occasionally I fib, occasionally I exaggerate, occasionally I just outright lie for comedic effect or for satirical purposes. But what I'm about to tell you is true. In my life, you may not believe this, but I have never been skiing. And I really feel like um, I, I really feel like I, I haven't necessarily missed out on a lot. But then I was talking to William Shatner earlier in the week. We were talking about aging, and now that he's uh, ninety in his nineties, he was lamenting the fact that he has never been skiing. Oh, no, excuse me. Um, he was lamenting the fact that he can no longer ski, which is something that he really used to enjoy. And I was thinking to myself, well, do I really want to get to a point when I'm in my nineties, hopefully, where I've never been skiing? Right? Uh, should I be skiing before it's too late? So I've been talking about skiing with a lot of people. Obi Murray, a frequent visitor to the Vermont area. My friend Kyle O'Brien, a uh, big, uh, big skier, big ski person. Uh, my friend Brian Silverstein, always another one. Well, going up to Vermont, and lo and behold, uh, one of our favorite guests, producer, digital content creator, and humorist Marlena Shivo, will be skiing in a matter of. Days, And I'm going to see how she describes the whole skiing situation and if it's appealing enough to make me want to do it. Hello, Marlena. Hello, Frank. I heard you complaining about eggs or egg prices. Very upset about you. You actually missed an opportunity for a great pun. What was it? It's an eggonomic crisis. (laughs) That is is a very Morano-esque pun. That is good. It is... <laughs> I love how you like just that. gave yourself credit I know. for the pun that I, I gave you. No, but it's like you know how there are certain things that Yogi Berra didn't say, but uh, other people have said it. But it sounds like a Yogiism. That sounds like a Moranoism. That's exactly the kind of thing that I would be saying. Then I will never on a say regular it again. basis. Exactly. There you go. But now, uh, now that I it's been planted in my brain, you've done some live writing for me in real life. <laughs> um, so uh, the lot that I want to go over with you. It's the first time I've seen you in 2023 yes too late to say happy new year or no well according to larry david it is but Mm -hmm. we haven't seen each other so i guess we could say happy new year except we already did via text well i know but it's the first time in person yeah new year um you wanted to ask me about skiing this is how i feel about um uh, skiing and a few other sports and then i'll give you the wisdom of bill maher when it comes to these things so I believe in life sports because you're never going to, you know, if you're a football player or a soccer player or all, any of these things, um, it's not going to go on and on unless you're, you decide to go pro and, and how many people get to do that, none, right? None. So life sports are, you know, uh, tennis, golf, um, skiing, because uh, you can do this well into your 60s and so on. Like bocce is a lifetime activity. Activity, yes. But soccer, maybe not. No, I mean you're not going to be playing soccer. I mean, maybe right. But not in your seventies. Most people will not be doing pickup soccer games in their seventies, right? right? Um, however, if you never had the inclination to ski, um, I would say maybe you just are not interested in skiing. So I remember Bill Maher talking about bucket lists and how he wasn't a fan of them because he didn't care that he had never been to China and he never cared that he had never been skiing. <laughs> And he's like, I don't need to put that in my bucket list just because I haven't done it. Right. So I really think it comes down to, do you want to try to ski? Well, it's so interesting. I think the answer is probably not right. But then I made, 
Oh, I've been doing a lot of research about how to stave off uh, dementia and things of that nature and how to, you know, how to stay sharp and how to stay motivated. And almost everything that I read says that you should be trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone. So I do get concerned that there are all these activities. So I actually made a list of things that I've never done. They're not things to Bill Maher's point that I've ever had much of a desire to do. But I made a list of all these things that I've never done. And I thought maybe I should be trying to do these things and maybe that'll help me stave off dementia. So I don't really, you know, I picture skiing being a lot of um, a lot of work for not necessarily that much of a payoff. You've got to put on all these clothes. It's still probably cold. You've got to go on the ski lift. Um, I'm more of a, I think, hanging out with a hot cocoa at the ski lodge kind of a person rather than going out and bundling up. call those up. ski bunnies. Ski bunnies. So that's a gender neutral term? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is now. Okay, wonderful. Um, it is 2023 after all. So I would say if you're not an adrenaline junkie, which most people would describe me as, then perhaps skiing isn't even something that you should be bothered with, unless you just want to see if you can do it. Yeah. I feel like I should do it at least once. Where are you on roller coasters? Love them. Me too. So so maybe if I have a fondness for roller coasters, maybe I do have, uh, I don't know, a little bit of a predilection towards adrenaline. roller coasters don't take a skill set. You have to sit down and strap yourself in. Right. You, if, it, which are, I can handle. Would, uh, would you consider yourself an athletic person? I think so, actually, yeah. I mean, I'm not in the best shape now, but yeah, I hold my Do own. Do other people think so? I, you know, I guess, uh, you know, I think it would depend on the nature of the athletic endeavor. I, I would venture to say I'm a pretty decent softball I bet player. I knew you were going to say softball. That's why you organize softball That's games. That's right. right. Well, uh, you know, I could play, uh, you know, handball. I could hold my own at a ping pong game now and again. Yeah. I'm, I'm learning pickleball. I'm practicing pickleball a little bit. I don't mm. know. I can... Hold my own. Um, but, uh, but we'll see. You know, I'm eager to hear how your skiing trip goes. You're going up to Vermont, I ski right? all the time. Well, we, do, I, um, we talk about me skiing every year. All right, well, yes, I am going up yeah. to Vermont. And um, I love it. And I'll probably come back and be like, it was great. The uh, maple syrup from Vermont, is it, everything, is it everything that it's cracked up to be? Or is that one of those things that falls in the category of it's a lot more hype than actual delivery i can't say that i've done any real taste test and i can't so i can't answer the question plus i am not a huge fan of maple syrup Mm. and sugary things in general so you're gonna have to ask somebody else interesting okay i will uh 800-848-9222 vermont maple syrup is it all it's cracked up to be or is it a lot of hype all right a lot i want to get to with you it's good to see you first time i have seen you in uh in the new year I like um, the list of words that you sent me that have been banished (laughs) for the year 2023. Before we get into what these words are, why are most of these words being banished? They're they're words or um, phrases, but um, because they're overused, uh, they're useless, um, they're cliche, they're, quote, nonsensical, um, and they are, um, I guess, overall just annoying because they're said too much, right? I am definitely someone who doesn't like redundancy, and I do not like typical, like cliches, you know, at uh, all. Give me an example of uh, one that you really dislike. All of them. Any Anybody Any. Who, who says, like... Um, at the end of the day? Or... No, that, no, that's more of a phrase. But give okay. me, like, a cliche. Um Oh, I wish I had one at the tip of my tongue. But I will change one word just to not have it be the exact thing that everybody else says. Whatever that thing would be, we will think of it before the end of the hour. Uh, There are, um, you know, there's all these words or phrases that, uh, and usually I do this uh, segment on the radio once a year. I call them linguistic linguini, words or phrases that they just make you cringe or wince. And I I always like to ask people, what word or phrase drives you crazy? Uh, My friend uh, Jay Diamond, for instance, he cannot stand the phrase any way, shape, matter, or form. He oh. hates that. Right? Okay. Uh, that doesn't bother me. But um, I, I, I know a lot of people are really bothered by I could care less. Oh, yeah. I can't stand that because it's, they, they don't say it correctly. Yeah. It's more of a grammar issue than it is. Again, the I could care less has its defenders. And a couple of the people here recently said I could care less. And uh, honestly, I heard it earlier in the week. It's been bothering me for a few days. I'm just thinking I can't believe I work with all these I could care less people. <laughs> Um, but, um, but, uh, you know, that, that's a phrase that really gets a lot of people's But go. that's more of like a misuse of, uh, the phrase. I mean, it's not correct. It's not grammatically correct. It's, I couldn't care less. 
Well, the defenders of I could care less say it's sarcasm. They say it's like saying, oh, I could give a blank, right? Mm-hmm. It's their way of, uh, of – and it's now become so popular that the number of people that say I could care less is just about equal to the people that say I couldn't care less. It may even uh, supersede it. I say neither these days. I usually say things like um, giving a blank is not one of my talents. Okay. okay, fair enough. One of the things that I said this week that really irked a lot of people was my pronunciation of the word coupon. Um, apparently, the proper pronunciation is coupon. I like coupon. I feel like it uh, rolls off the tongue a little bit. Better. No, it's really the way you uh, pronounce your W's, but I don't know if you're doing it on purpose. Is that a purposeful thing? When you say white and like... Yes, absolutely. Everything I do is purposeful. <laughs> Everything. Is it to annoy people? No. it's to. I, I mean, if people are annoyed, so be it. It's to bring me greater pleasure. I don't know. It's. Uh, I, like to, I like to say a little whole wheat. I like to emphasize, get, get some... Get some out of out of the my WHs. So okay, because right. you're full of hot air. That's true. Um, banished words. What are they? Although I've never really heard anybody say this, so I don't know why this is banished. But but inflection point. Oh, inflection point. I think a I've lot of people. That. No, no. But I'm saying I don't think it's overused. No, no, definitely not. They're banishing that for overuse. Yes. No, that's uh, I don't. Agree. Um, by the way, who's doing the banishing? Do oh, know? it's um, it's this university, and they um. They actually took submissions, and then some committee decided on these. They keep saying there's 10 of them, but I've gone through it three times, and there's only nine, so, okay. which right. is Thanks. interesting in and of itself. <gasps> in and of itself. That's there's when one. you don't like <laughs> No, it's just one of those things I probably should stop saying. Um, gaslighting. Ugh, that is overused. Yeah. I think, and I'll be honest, I... And people have tried to explain this to me. I've looked it up. I've seen the film Gaslight with Angela Lansbury. I don't even understand what gaslighting is. Oh, I do. Yeah. And yeah. You don't at all about I, the gaslights? No, I know it's you make somebody think that they're crazy, basically. Yes. That's the premise of the yes. film. Yes, yes. Eh, I don't like that. I don't, I don't like that. Uh, that uh, no, nah, uh, I don't like the word. Don't like it. But it, but you know, there's there's a real psychology behind it. Yeah. So, um, have you ever been gas lit, lit by someone? Um. Yes, but it's not in the way that a lot of people. A lot of people use it in like relationships, like romantic or uh-huh. whatever relationships. But like, I feel like I've probably done that actually. Now that I, <laughs> now that I think of that, okay. Oh, I'm sure I have too. I mean, I'm sure I'm guilty of it. But I've definitely have made like new friendships in my adult life where um, I start to wonder why this certain person is off. Like I, I always feel like the conversation is difficult or um, the way they handle something, the way they speak makes no sense. And I'm like, I don't get it. And if I say I don't get it that many times after we've interacted a bunch of times, then I'm like, I'm being gaslit by this person a hundred percent because it's, it's really their deficit and, and what they're doing in order to benefit themselves. Anyway, whatever. It's so boring. So ga- anyway. I'm glad Gaslight is is being, is being going away. Okay. Go- Gaslight is going away. And who's any- enforcing these, by the way? Like no if, if, one. No. This is one of those articles that is a clickbait. And, okay. Fair enough. And But 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 I always like to see because I'm a words person mm-hmm. and, I, and I am a stickler for grammar and I didn't realize that that people like me are called grammarians. Did yeah, you know that? I did. Um, and my friend Curtis Lewa has a, a group, the Grammarian Angels. They go all <laughs> over town correcting people's syntax. It's really, it's really quite surreal. They walk around with these giant red markers correcting the things that people are writing. It's really surreal. But yes, I did know that. Is that a real? Is that a real no, thing? You I, just, said, I, just I was, made that I was up, about but... to say because I think I could correct Curtis Lewa every time. Every time he opens his mouth. Okay. Uh, wow. Quiet quitting. I also don't feel like that's an overused phrase. But uh, I do. I do. And it's overly written about, maybe. Okay. All right. Okay. No. I, I I could understand that. Okay. Maybe it's over. I think that's. I didn't even. I'd never even heard the term quiet quitting more than a year ago. I feel like I hear it or encounter it once a day minimum now. Because everybody's quiet quitting your yes. um, subscriber list. Yeah, well, the, yes, that, among other things, yeah. You know, and I meant to say um, I wanted to um, – well, I wanted to denounce you too, but I could do that later. Thank I you. wanted to uh, – but I wanted to thank you for telling me about the people who are unsubscribing to your mailing list because you just reminded me of um, 
that I have to unsubscribe myself. <laughs> I completely forgot. I've been so busy. Um, so the word or the phrase moving forward. What's wrong with moving forward? I don't think I don't that's know. overused. I, I, okay, so gaslight, I'm with them. I'm with them on quiet quitting. Inflection point, I'm not with them. And moving forward, I, I, I'm very, I'm progressive. I like moving forward. Okay, so moving forward, yes. the next word is amazing. Amazing. That is overused, right? Mm-hmm. And it's overused not as an adjective, but as a one-word sentence or response to things, <laughs> right? I mean, right. I am with these guys, these university folks on that one. Amazing. Although you kind of do that, except you don't use the word amazing. You'll say incredible or something along those lines. Yeah, well, as an adjective or as a response to something? As a response to something. Right, well, you know what it is? I'm a, I'm a busy person, and you know, I, wanna, I don't want to be rude and not respond to an SMS text message or something, but I do want to uh, you know, just a- acknowledge it and kind of move on. I'm not sure. Some, some phrases don't require a lengthy response. Which is why amazing exists to begin Fair with. Enough. Okay. The next one is very similar. Absolutely. Very similar is, is absolutely overused. No <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, the next one is the sentence, does that make sense? Does that make sense? I don't find that to be overused. Do you? I feel like it is overused by people who are inarticulate or, uh-huh. or don't or don't feel like they are articulating their point. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying? Does that make sense? I feel like I hear that a lot from Southern folks. Does that make sense? And And I find the way that a lot of Southern folks use it it, I find it actually kind of endearing and kind of their way of uh, demonstrating humility uh, as if they're trying not to be a know-it-all and still convey information and ask if there's anything that needs to be clarified. I, I, uh, I don't agree with these guys. on. Does I know. Um, irregardless. But I feel like that's always banned because it's not a real yeah, word. I, well, I, irregardless is a very controversial word. And I like irregardless. But even I, who throw all these linguistic rules by the wayside – I've even had to stop using irregardless because it's such a red flag with people. People get so worked up about it. But my contention is irregardless is a word. It's a portmanteau of the words irrespective and regardless because there are all sorts of times when irrespective just won't do and regardless just won't do. And that's why irregardless exists, the perfect blending of irrespective and regardless. Okay. Well, I disagree. I hate that word. Um, so, And you're in the majority. Most people do. Okay. And the last one I think you and I will both agree on, I think, the phrase, it is what it is. Yeah. I I caught myself saying that recently, and I was – I, I, I was filled with self-loathing for the, the whole day. <laughs> it is, you know, I, I, um, I don't like to hear it. I don't like to say it. But sometimes when you need to react to something that somebody's saying right. and kind of convey the opinion that, all right, we're moving on. Right. It's there. It's, it's there and you, you got to use it. Right. Well, you know? yeah, you can use something else. What would you use as a, a replacement for it is what it is? Um, it's what it has to be. Maybe it's going to yeah. be what it's going to be. Uh, I, I, don't, I like it is what it is if those are my choices. Well, let's move on then. Okay. Let's let, move forward. Let's, all right. Um, there are you, – you have uh, two daughters with very unique names. I do. There are no um, Michelle's and Kelly's in your house, right? No. Um, you, what, are, what are your daughter's names? Do you, you care if we – No, it's fine. Okay. Rebel and Harley. Okay. Uh, very unique, very spirited. Right. So this next story was this couple that are apparently self-described globetrotters They said that they encountered trolls, I'm assuming, on social media about the the names that they picked for their kids. Stop looking at your phone. Well, you know what I'm doing? I'm trying to – I searched the term it is what it is Uh to see how often I've I've used it. So I used it Wednesday in a conversation with my mom. I used it on July 28th in a conversation with Dominic Carter. And I used it on August 16th of 2021 with you. Mm. I said, whatever. It is what it is. Okay. Well, um, I guess I do use it. 
you do use it, and it's probably um, the people who listen to this program um, who made this list, <laughs> I guess, uh, irregardless of <laughs> <laughs> your uh, linguistic um, parameters. Anyway, listen. So this couple named their two kids Caruso after Robinson Caruso and Sawyer. Um, Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. So, <clears throat> and I guess they got all this criticism, which made me laugh because both of those names don't even sound that outlandish no, to me. And Sawyer absolutely. is actually a really cute name. This and, is out of the UK? <clears throat> yes. And so, um, and they, they found themselves defending their names. It's kind of a nothing burger altogether, but it just made me laugh because of my kids' names. And, and I remember... Um, posting after i was we were we did a show and one of the listeners um said something to the effect of oh i don't even have it with me but he said his name was heisen and he said uh forget whatever we were talking about who who names their kid rebel what kind of person names their kid rebel and i remember just being like yeah because heisen is sweeping the nation what what kind of person says says that (laughs) Only in the world of social media do people feel so free to pass judgment on a total stranger's name for their child. Oh, I know. Um, So I just – that story kind of – Yeah, I'd like to know what Heisen's child is named. What's that? I'd like to know what Heisen's child is is named. I I have a feeling Heisen doesn't have children. Mm. Really going out on a limb there. Um, So the – these kids are named Sawyer and Caruso, which I like, and I agree with you. I don't think that they're outlandish. It's not like uh, Elon Musk's child naming them after a symbol or something. What? I don't know. He did, one of Elon Musk's children has a, a weird name, right? I think it's a symbol or something. <laughs> it's the baby formerly known as. It, it, it's something like that. Yeah. yeah the baby formerly <laughs> the for, known as. The, the baby currently known as <laughs> Elon Musk's child. Right. I'll look it up. <laughs> But so um, how are people reacting to this to this uniquely named couple of kids out there? Um, They were critical of them and thought that they were ridiculous names, basically. And the and the parents felt the need to defend their choices, um, which I found even more ridiculous than the critics. Why would you have to defend anything you do? I I completely agree. Well, we go back to giving a. Is not one of my talents. Okay, that is what Elon Musk's most recent child is named. It's it's. Oh. I can't even. I don't know how it's pronounced, but it's spelled X A E dash twelve Musk. That's so. That is. A, I don't know is, how you pronounce it, but that is. He is a sick. Person. It is an unfortunate name for that child. <laughs> well, no, but Elon Musk is, I mean, he's an odd bird. I mean, he like he, I feel like he thinks he lives in the Matrix. Well, we might be. You you don't go for that, that we could be living in a computer simulation. You don't you don't buy that? Really? Yeah, I could see that. If I cut you, you will bleed. Right. And but, you will feel pain. Well, what Elon Musk has said, and, and not just Elon Musk, but others, is that... Um, in relatively short order, we will be making video games or computer simulations that are indistinguishable from reality, right? So there's a chance that we're living in base reality, but it's a much greater chance that this is all a computer simulation designed by someone many, many years from now and that we're all self-aware. We're, we're all – we're some sort of artificial intelligence. There's, there's, a, there's a matrix – there's a documentary out about this right now actually. I think it's called uh, What's in the Matrix or something. But we, I've spent a lot of time looking at this and there's actually a, a scientist that's crowdfunding an experiment to determine if this is a computer simulation or not. But – there was a really interesting op-ed in the New York Times about five years ago saying we shouldn't try to find out because the results are either going to be very anticlimactic and very boring or cataclysmic. Because if we do find out that this is a computer simulation, then whoever is running the computer simulation, we've foiled their plans and they just might pull the plug. So maybe we better not go this way. Oh, route. that is so fictional. I mean, right, and then hey. what happens if that the people, the person or the who, whoever is running the, the computer program – 
dies. They just have like all of these people lined well, up I, I, to then take Marlena, over. You're asking me questions that I don't know the answer to. But look, I think Elon Musk makes a very, a very valid argument on the likelihood that that we're living in a in a computer simulation. But uh, you know, yeah. Did, but you're like a. But you've mentioned like Shatner 17 times tonight. You love true. Star Trek. Like I do. you're like a. You, this would be something that interests you and like. What what it what, what oh wet your palate like to me it sounds like it's, it sounds super hokey it might be you might be right okay so I'm willing to acknowledge the possibility that we're living in base reality and that it's not a computer simulation you know what is a computer simulation what's that that artwork that you do what is that called yeah well it, the it's AI artwork right and it's nightlife cafe you're not a fan of that. I mean, it just doesn't sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's okay. I mean, it's quick. It's quick. You can bang these pieces of artwork out uh, quickly. 800-848-9222. Let me know if you think we're living in a computer simulation or not. Marlena Shivo is here. Charles is in Queens. He wants to weigh in on the word situation. Hi, good morning. Uh, first, I wanted to say that I sincerely believe that the, the university people that made up that list, they are gaslighting us. And all kidding aside, it doesn't make sense what they came, what they came up with. There's no sense. It's like they're playing a trick on us. The whole list, I don't know. Well, that sense. could be what this whole simulation is geared to. Uh, Charles, <laughs> is there any specific word that you have a problem with their inclusion on the list? What's wrong with moving forward? Inflection point? I, I almost never heard anybody use it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what, that's, I think you're right on, on both points. I don't see anything wrong with moving forward, and uh, I definitely don't see anything wrong with uh, inflection point in terms of overuse. So uh, I'm, with, uh, I'm with Charles on that one. Uh, 800-848-9222. Uh, Leo is on the Upper East Side. Hello, Leo. Good morning, Frank. I have advice for the for the skiing for you. Frank, I was in the youth in the junior national ski team of, of Czechoslovakia, and for years I was an instructor of skiing. Uh, skiing is, Frank, similar like another individual sports where you need some device and, and manage to control it, like a surfboard, like a skateboard. You're never going to have satisfaction when you try it once or twice. You need period of time where you're getting better and better, and you need definitely you need somebody. If, if you would go for 10 days vacation and have instructor who would in, intention, uh, intensively work with you for 10 days, you would only end have some progress where you would kind of have satisfaction from right. sitting okay. down. Right. If you try once or twice, absolutely no chance that you would have any success or anything that would be positive, kind of exciting about All it. All right. Well, thank you, Leo. I, I, I'm all of a sudden, after talking with you and with Marlena, less inclined to uh, to pursue this. Uh, Marlena, just to put a button on the Elon Musk simulation point, Elon Musk got this question about five years ago. And listen to the question and listen to his response, because I think he makes a very compelling point here. And I mean, like the, the, the strongest argument for, the, for us being in a simulation, probably being in a simulation, I think is the following. Um, that that 40, called 40, 40 years ago, we had Pong, like two rectangles and a dot. That right. was what games were. Um, now, 40 years later, we have photorealistic 3D simulations with millions of people playing simultaneously and it's getting better every year mm-hmm. and soon we'll have virtu- you know vir- virtual reality we'll augmented reality um, if you assume any rate of improvement at all um, then the games will become indistinguishable from reality just in- indistinguishable mm-hmm. um, e- even if that rate of advancement drops by a thousand from what it is right now um, then you just say okay well, well let's imagine it's a 10,000 years in the future, uh, which is nothing in the evolutionary scale. Um, so, um, so, so given that we're clearly on a trajectory to have games that are indistinguishable from reality, and those games could be played on any set-top box or on a PC or whatever, and there would probably be, you know, billions of such, uh, you know, computers or set-top boxes, it would seem to follow that the odds that we're in base reality is one in billions. 
So Tell me what's wrong with that argument. Is the answer yes? <laughs> the argument is probably. I mean, I just like is there is there a flaw in that argument? I mean, someone, but someone. I'm not that, sure what but, the error. In, right, no, no, the argument makes sense. So the assumption then is that somebody beat us to it, and this is a game. No, no, there's a one in billions chance that this is base reality. Oh, okay. What do you think? Well, I think it's one in billions. Okay. I'm I'm persuaded. There's a one in billions chance that we're living in base reality. Okay, you're persu- persuaded, and that whole clip was like audio ambient to me. <laughs> oh my god! No, I, I mean, uh, but but I, I think he makes perfect sense, right? I mean, I think he, the logic is very sound. Can we move on? Yes. Okay. All right. Uh, computer simulation. Let me know what you think. Eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. But uh, all right. Well, I, I lot... prefer like Space Invaders. Remember that? Yeah. But again, that's how quickly things are uh, are advancing. All right. Ed is on Staten Island. Ed, uh, you have some closure on the uh, maple syrup front. Yeah. Yeah. In order to enjoy, you need to uh, really go to Vermont. Ah. So what I've done for you is uh, planned a very uh, peaceful and relaxing weekend. You should stay at the Ma- uh, the Equinox Hotel in Manchester. They have a great restaurant. And they have a spa services. Your wife will love it. There's shopping ne- nearby. And uh, you can go to Bromley Mountain, which is not too crowded, and they have a great ski school. And close by is Hildeen, which is the summer home of... Uh, um, the Lincoln family, and so you have his, his historic uh, events. I like it. You, have... I mean, you know, it sounds good. I've always wanted to visit Vermont. Uh, they have a lot of interesting things going for them, and uh, they, uh, you know, they used to be part of New York State before they succeeded. So I'd love to kind of reconnect with uh, with some of them. Do you that think be a lot of fun. Canadians would object to? The maple syrup. Well, I don't know. I don't know. That's why I want to see you know, what the story what the story is. But now I'm looking for replacement breakfast foods. I'm sure some of them are likely to include syrup. So we'll see. All right. Um, I want to follow up on uh, some other child rearing issues, especially now that I'm the father of a, a toddler, and you know what it's like to parent two toddlers, and um, a bunch of other things. But first, I want to see if we can't give away a thousand dollars. If you are the seventh caller right now to 800-848-9222, we're going to give you an opportunity to answer 10 trivia questions in 60 seconds. Now, most of these questions uh, were computer generated, meaning they were generated by the AI chatbot. A couple of them I had already in place, but most of them are from the AI chatbot. Seventh caller now, 800-848-9222, computer intelligence or not. If you can answer 10 trivia questions in 60 seconds, we'll give you $1,000. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Marlena Schiavo is in studio. A bunch of other interesting things to talk about, including a fascinating study that shows that, uh, very shocking study, that women may actually do more work than than men. I, I am floored that this is the case, but we'll no, explore it. <laughs> no, it's the not. least surprising thing I've seen since uh, Hank Johnson said something stupid. But first, we're going to try and give away $1,000. The Other Side of Midnight presents It's the $1,000 Minute Answer 10 questions correctly in one minute And you could win $1,000 Here's your host, Frank Morano Marlene is going to play along in studio to see how well she does Uh, But our actual contestant that can potentially win the money here Is Rick in Tom's River Hello Rick 
Good morning. How are you? I'm well, Rick. I uh, I have a sister-in-law that I believe lives in Times River, although she might I'm have. In I'm in Holiday City at Berkeley. Retirement village. Beg your pardon? I'm in the retirement area. Holiday oh, okay. City at Berkeley. All right, great. Um, Rick, you familiar with the game? You've heard it before? Yes, I have. Okay, you ready to get started? Yes. All right. How many hours are in a typical day? 24. What is the sum of 5 plus 7? 12. What British prince did an interview with 16 Minutes last this week? Uh, Harry. Who wrote the novel The Catcher in the Rye? Uh... I really don't know. Last name starts with S. Does that help you at all? Uh, Spielberg? I don't know. No, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, Rick. Uh, well, with 38 seconds on the clock, I'm going to put you on hold, um, Rick, and uh, we're going to give you a consolation prize. Take his information if you would, Kenneth. We'll send Rick some nice piece, nice swag to showcase all over the retirement community. Um, how are you doing on your answers? I'm doing just fine. Well, can we see? If no, you're... no, because I can't even remember who wrote that. I know oh, who wrote okay. that. You got I remember. Call. All right. Well, it's J.D. Salinger. Oh, wrote. Salinger, right. So you, got, you lost on the same question Rick did. I did, but I know that. I needed a minute. I said, well, I'm that's really, the, I'm that's really, the, challenge the, the, the pressure game. of trivia is really, it's really hard, but you're not going to give me the rest of them, right? Because you no, wanna... no, I want to save them for, for Monday. I'll give them to you privately. But, um, give but, it to me in the break. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's fair. But, uh, I don't, I don't think that you think that was too hard for a question for, no, not at all. Okay, good. I just all got right. a blank. All right. Um, speaking, uh, Marlena Shiva was here. Marlena has been a veteran media producer, a, a humorist and a, somebody that never hesitates to, to share. I am. Well, pr- I mean, producer for the for the for the uninitiated. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, one of the stories that you told on the air has got to be over a year ago that I have repeated so many times in real life and people are not aware of is you taking your daughter to the hospital when she you know, she got an injury. No, that's still going on. Uh, well, that's what I was just going to ask. And they asked you if you want what well, she had a head injury, right? Yeah. And uh, they asked you if they wanted if you wanted a plastic surgeon for her. They didn't say, you know, this is not covered. They didn't say this is the cost. They just asked you, do you want a plastic surgeon? And you said yes. I said sure. And then what is the difference in price? Between that plastic um, surgery. I guess if she had gotten the stitches, which were like four or five stitches in her forehead, um, by the the nurse there. And I know this just because my friend's son then got the same injury and, and they, they did it in the ER. I think they just paid their copay and I think the whole thing is like four, four or five hundred dollars or something like that. I mean, the insurance pays that part and whatever your copay, whatever, fine. So... I did pay $300 in the ER, right, when I was there, right. fine. And then my insurance paid 400 and I'll say $80 plus. Right. So this hospital did fine. The, yeah, so that was it. And so, like, that should have been the cost. But, but the plastic surgeon, that, well, they played the plastic, plastic surgeon, rather, the 480 some dollars. And, um, and I got the balance bill of $22,000 for four stitches in the head, which... Wait, wait. I just want you to repeat that. $22,000. So the original bill was above that. So anyway, I'm, I look at this bill, and, and you know, it's not really <laughs> itemized. It just, it just says, like, uh, it says, like, um, complicated, like, wound repair or something and whatever. I knew it was insane because... So it's been this ongoing thing where they keep trying to bill my insurance and my insurance keeps um, denying the claim. And then they've had me involved on several levels, like calling and and calling again and appealing and then reappealing. And now they've written a letter. This is the most recent thing. They've written a letter on my behalf, our behalf. Um, at least the insurance company is is sticking with you on this, right? um, Well, well, I was (laughs) – I was just trying to get this paid, so I was just kind of going along with the the the, the plastic surgeon. Oh, it's the, the plastic surgeon. surgeon's gotcha. office. Um, I you know I kept I kept um, I kept going along with what they wanted. They have this like this third party ar- arbitration group that they work with that that deals with these bills, and they I've been working with them, and they're like, okay, we need you to call your insurance company and say this, and we need you to call right. your and say that. Anyway, they the, the plastic surgeons office. Oh, we're going to try this. They wrote a letter on our behalf saying you need to revisit this and blah 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 because I'm being back billed for twenty two thousand right. dollars. 
But I have said I have said all along there's something wrong with the plastic surgeon for even billing that. No and question. I questioned it at the beginning saying, well, what are the charges for? I don't understand. And the woman simply said, well, this is what we can charge for what was done, which is very vague. And I'm like, OK, well, you're trying to get one over on right. everybody. Exactly. And it just turns out that um, it's still going on. Um, and a, a friend of Eric's. Um, you know, Eric's your husband. Eric's my yes, my, yes, and uh, his friend is a uh, plastic. Oh, it's a, actually like a brain surgeon, but um, he said it's fraud. It's actually fraudulent on the plastic surgeon's part. And um, the next thing is to um, now turn against them. It's, I see. Yeah, you got to let us know how this turns out. But the lesson is, if you bring a child to the emergency room with a, a an injury and they offer you a plastic surgeon, ask Actually, how much it's going to cost. Well, not so much that, but um, you have to you have to remember, like it, it they this should not be the case. This guy is obviously trying to do something like. Not great. Otherwise, the insurance would have negotiated right, with exactly. them. Exactly. So, because when you go to an emergency room, the idea is that you're getting emergent care and that you don't have a choice of who provides that care because it's an emergency. Mm. You're not going in for elective surgery, and that and under those circumstances, your insurance company should cover that. Would cover that. Yeah, I understand. I mean, uh, my dad was in the insurance business for many years. He still uh, it has all these stories about doctors and hospitals overbilling obscene amounts. Yeah. And uh, I, that's but one of the is, more extreme is, examples. This is very extreme. Like, no I could doubt. see if the guy was overbilling. He's like, oh, it's going to be $5,000. You're yeah. like, that's a lot of money for right. stitches or whatever. $22,000 $22, a nine-year-old like, or a ten-year-old? You're actually not good at being whatever uh, this con man that right. you're trying it's, to be. It's ridiculous. It's, it's like, ridiculous. are you really behind on your malpractice insurance? <laughs> it's true. And you need more All right, money. Okay. A couple items I want to go over with you before we run out of time. Speaking of children. The um, the Mirror, which is a UK publication, had a pu- had an article about the most pampered toddlers in the UK. Essentially, what are they doing in the UK with the more luxurious? Well, what's children? what's interesting is that this particular article was about a woman who um, has a toddler who she has given a solid gold binky to, which mm. is. I mean, in their terms, it's a thousand pounds. So, like, we'll just say dollars at this point. Um, but yeah. So then she also, um, ba- I don't get this, but bathes her child in milk and honey. Wow. Which, I, you know, hey, I don't, I don't even think feel it that sanitary. No, I wouldn't want to do but, that. But, um, but it's funny because at first you're like, oh, this woman's insane. But if you continue to read, you you're like, wow, she said that ever since she's had her kid, a kid that she didn't even know she wanted, um, she has taken, like, she will buy nothing for herself, and she gives everything to this child. Now, it's an extreme case, (laughs) but it's kind of nice to hear that she has, like, completely forgotten about herself and her own I don't think that's nice at all. I think this is very No, it's extravagant and there's men- there's something mentally wrong with it, but the fact that she's saying she gives whatever whatever um things that she would have given to herself, whatever these designer things are that she desires, which is weird to begin with, now she just lavish it's for her child only because she can't afford to do it for him and her. So she only does it for him. So in on one hand, you're like, well, that's nice because she feels like right, this she's is, sacrificing, even though he has no idea that he has a solid gold binky in right. his and mouth. What, it's, would it's a mental. child want a solid gold pacifier? I can't imagine that's very comfortable to chew on or to suck. I don't know. Well, maybe we should give them a call and we can interview the I, child I, I, and find will. out we his will. comfort. Um, well, well, I'm not sure if the child's verbal, but we'll look into that. So, well, he's three, so maybe interesting know. study showing shockingly that women do more, do yes. more than whom, and how was this measured? As far as we well, know. there was a study done with heterosexual couples who are working from home more and more, and like in dual income households, that the woman still takes on the load, even though like it's not the traditional men go out to work and the woman is home situation and then, um, or both people going out to a office five days a week. So now both of both husbands and wives these days are sort of half home and half not home. And yet the, the stuff at home falls on the woman. 
um, even though the man is physically in the home to also jump in. And I say it doesn't surprise me. This is not really breaking news. And it's all and I've said this all along. It's because women are multitaskers and they can do a lot of things at one time. But it is very um, distressing to women. No, I understand that. And, you know, I have to say in our house, this has got to be the cause of 70 to 75 percent of the arguments that my wife and I have. And I feel like I am. I do try to pitch in a a great deal. But, uh, you know, I'll, you know, be in the middle of working or reading or, you know, playing with Carmine. And I'll just hear my wife sighing. And I know this is meant to be a an audible sigh that's loud enough for us to hear so that I take notice that she's doing a chore that I am not doing. And um, I can tell this does weigh on her a great deal. So, uh, But it's not just that. It's not even so much people think about chores. They think about dishes and they think about cleaning up or, or laundry. But it's more than that. Women are still the ones that are making the doctor's appointments, mm. taking them to the yep, doctor's absolutely. appointments. And when, when Carmen gets older and he has activities and everything else, it's it's so much of the carpooling, even though both people are working. Um, and it's it's kind of crazy. And I, I actually um, have been asked by my, you know, where I'm working now, how I am so available Every time I get a call or a text and get things done while I have all these other things going on, and uh, it makes me laugh. I'm like, because this is how we're programmed. I have to, I want, I'm not going to ignore work and I'm not going to, um, let everything in my house fall by the wayside. So it is what it is. Oh my God. I just said it is. What you it did. Is. I noticed I was, I was just going to nail you on that. Um, so what do we do with this information or do we just recognize this is the, the way that nature has designed each of the genders? One is better at multitasking well, I think than the, the other. I think the, 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 the pharmaceutical world is working on this oh, because geez. they keep pushing hormones on to men, uh, you know, uh, puberty blockers right. and everything else. So, so perhaps they're just going to change everybody into. There you go. That's the key. Get a prescription for <laughs> being able to make doctor's appointments. Uh, all right. Um, before we run out of time, very quickly, want to get your take on this. And this is something I feel like pops up in the news pretty regularly. A mom was actually scolded by a teacher oh. for not inviting the entire class to a birthday party. As somebody that's been through this, uh, hosting your own daughter's birthday parties. What is the protocol oh, in terms please. of what you're supposed so to do? So when when they're in when they're young and they're in kindergarten and then first grade, like the protocol apparently where I am is that you invite the entire class and then as they get older, it's fine to kind of like narrow it down to just like the gender. It, it, or, or, but I'm thinking to myself all along, wh- why do I have to adhere to these like arbitrary rules? But you did adhere though. And I did, of course, with, with my first. You don't first, want to be and, a pariah. And, and here I am doing it again. Actually, my little one's birthday is coming up. And there are actually two classes for her grade. And I'm like, okay, we're going to invite your class. And then you're going to pick and your cherry pick the ones from the other class. Like there's no point of having like 35 kids running around like these because it get, it's insane. There's it, first of all, it's chaotic. There's a lot of sugar involved. There's a lot of tired kids involved. And then on top of it, it's um, going to feed all these kids. It's probably expensive. Birthday, every birthday, because it's never it's always at a place. Right. Oh. It's always it's, Always, always a thousand plus. Always. So where does this teacher get off scolding this mom for wanting to get out of this kind of a birthday, the birthday industrial complex here? It's I, well, and and this mom had a real reason too. Her, she said her daughter is eight years old and she's an introvert, and she wanted to just have like four friends go and do ceramics and get ice cream, I, and that I think that's perfectly acceptable, and no one should tell anybody how they should conduct their birthday parties. So I just found it so ludicrous that this was even something that um, completely completely transpired. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to do 15 seconds of fame in a moment. You can be heard on any subject for 15 seconds. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno, here for the hour with uh, Marlena Shivo, our first radio interaction of the year. So far, I think it's gone well, even though we uh, don't exactly see eye to eye on living in a computer simulation. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight. It's The Other Side of Midnight with Frank Morano.
This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Morano. Before we get out of here, let me apologize, uh, because apparently uh, Marlena Schiavo, who's in studio with me, I described your children's names as very unique. And a number of listeners have written to me describing how annoying it is. You shouldn't modify the word unique. Something's either unique or it's not. So I'm sorry about that. I apologize to a lot of Rebel linguistic. and Holly. Linguistic linguini. This is where we're at. A lot of linguistics tonight. Um, that's that. I, uh, what are you doing for the weekend? Anything fun? What am I doing? Oh, it's my brother's birthday. Uh, oh, you party. sound thrilled about that. <laughs> You know, <laughs> the older relate. I get, the the less I want to be told where I'm going. I hear that. Uh, I'm sure he had to invite everybody in his workplace for that birthday party. <laughs> All right. Uh, before we get out of here, let us give people an opportunity to be heard for 15 seconds as part of... The Other Side of Midnight. This is 15 Seconds of Fame. Artie! Artie? Mike! Hello, Frank. It was 1987. I booked a ski trip to Guam. Conditions were less than ideal. While I was there, the island did in fact flip momentarily, then righted itself. Guam is 210 square miles with a population density of 775 people, just in case you needed to know. Tom! Yes, stay away from mountains, stay away from skiing. It's a good way to break your leg. Tommy, two times! Okay, if I say we're living in the Matrix, I believe the AI program will delete me. So, uh, no, I, I don't think we're living in the Matrix. And also, honey milk bits are, uh, are supposedly bits of the, of the uh, Queen uh, Cleopatra. It's supposed to make your, your skin real sh- uh, shiny. I'll give it a shot. And finally, Joe. Hey, it's Joe from Arcadema. It's wonderful. Joe, your phone's all screwed up. I can't hear you. Hey, uh, just as well, we're out of time. Marlena, thank you. Uh, Maybe we could continue uh, the conversation next week. We'll come up with some other interesting words to ban by then. Frank Moreno, good day. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.